Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Eminem and M across the board. We're back for another week. And guys, I always say NFL is king. That's kind of how the sports world lives. Well, this week, guess what? It's taken a backseat because we've had a crazy week in the world of sports. MLB, it's, it's like the hottest of hot stoves because we have a lockout looming. So contracts and money are being thrown around everywhere. And even more than that, college football has literally been turned upside down on its head. Um, it's been a crazy week, guys. I'm really excited for this episode. I had emailed both of you just to say, like, this is going to be a fun one because there's so much to talk about. Absolutely. It was uh, <clears throat> head exploding with college football. Lincoln Riley leaves. Like, you get over that, and then you, you realize Brian Kelly's leaving a team that might be in the playoff mm -hmm. to for, for a big cash payout in LSU. So it's absolutely insane. And, you know, on top of that, you got championship week uh, is here. You know what? We should be playing dominoes because of the domino effects on all these topics today, right? Yep. Yeah. And I think, guys, any week I said this, like, now we're going to have a ranking every week, so it's probably something we're going to talk about, the college football playoff. And yet these coaching moves midseason, the week before championship games, I think is kind of unheard of. I've never seen movement like this of this caliber to other programs and like you said, the week before a college football playoff, Brian Kelly's team has a reasonable chance of getting into the college football playoff. And if they do, they're going to play without him. Yeah, they do. And and their path is, <clears throat> it's not far-fetched. You have no. the top four teams, two of them play each other. Yep. And, and I'm not so sure a two-loss Alabama team makes it since they struggled against Arkansas, yeah. LSU. I thought Auburn should have won that game. Their clock mm -hmm. management was a little iffy down the stretch. And if Alabama gets in with two losses, that's on reputation because Oklahoma yeah. State, not a big Big 12 guy, but they're playing really good football right now. And they get by Baylor, it'd be tough to say no. And then you got the Irish sitting there. The the, the key thing this weekend will be, did they party a little too much in Ann Arbor Saturday night? Um, <clears throat> that was such a big win against Ohio State. They finally broke through and got it. Crowd was going nuts. Everybody's amped up. You got to go play an Iowa team this week, and they are up pain in the ass to play against mm -hmm. they they hold the ball they the ball possession yet and they are a tough physical defense that's no layup for the wolverines and cincinnati's got to play play a good team for the first time in months um you know against houston and and is the pressure of everything gonna gonna cave in on them a little bit so it'd be a very interesting week but nothing is nothing is set in stone yet well actually the the kelly move to me blew me away i thought that mm -hmm. was a stunner. Um, and it says that this thing said that he that he wanted especially money privates. I get that, but you know he did a fabulous job. Let's face it, because prior to him you had Davy Willingham Weiss, the revolving door touchdown. Jesus started to tip as though it would fall in the field. But really, you have to. The thing that disturbed me, of course, and I understand how it is nowadays. But you have to make your kids come in at seven in the morning after you send them an email. You speak to them for less than ten minutes. You jump in the car, you got to blaze off the campus to catch the flight. And oh, by the way, don't forget to call the kid and the parents in California mm -hmm. who you were recruiting that day. I mean, seriously, what do you say? I, uh, I do want to recruit you, but I'm not going to recruit you in Notre Dame. I'm not coming, but yeah. I, I just can't wait. Come on. I mean, seriously, that was very poorly handled and already changed his color in the tweet. You see him get off the plane. <laughs> with the purple. Just to me, that's just yeah. tape. What else was he supposed to do? The news yeah, broke. I, 
it's the a tough on social media. I think before he, attended. yeah, I, it, listen, I don't want to be a college coach for that reason. There's no good way to go about it. Like no, no. you're never going to tell people you're looking for another job. And then by the time it happens, you're almost the last person to know, like you sign on the dotted line and somebody else already knows it's a really tough situation to be in. And I get it. Like it, you would want to be able to be the ones to tell your kids, but that's not the way that's not the way that the world works with social media and the world that we live no. in. And everybody has somebody in a program who's going to leak something somewhere. And it's, it's a bad, I know it's a bad look, but I think it's a good move for both of those guys. And I think there's reasons even other than money behind it. Like, he is going, Brian Kelly is going to get recruits of a different caliber at LSU, yeah. or he's right. at least going to have the opportunity to get recruits of a different caliber at LSU. Whether or not he can win in the SEC, that's a whole different ballgame. But let me tell you, he had the longest of leashes at Notre Dame, and they were never going to fire that guy. Even just no. getting to the, I think getting to the college football playoff was enough. He will have three years. And if they're not in the college football playoff or in the national championship game, I'm not sure that he's going to last there because you're now in the SEC. You are expected to win. Just getting there isn't enough because you will have the five-star recruits now. And academics doesn't matter to the level that Notre Dame mattered. So you should be able to get those guys who can match up with an Alabama now. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Notre Dame, I, I think Kelly, like you said, Ashley, getting there was probably his pinnacle because mm -hmm. they don't have the athletes to hang with the others. LSU, I don't know what their academic restrictions are now, if any, mm -hmm. but I know they accepted me as a junior college transfer way back when. And let me tell you something, I was no scholar. <laughs> okay. I got by on my good looks and uh, paying, paying off the bartender. So <laughs> to put it in context. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but, but the, and then you go to Lincoln Riley. This is a great move for him because mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to go get to the playoff in the Pac 12. Correct then it's going to be in a few years in the SEC because I think yeah. Oklahoma and Texas got a rude awakening coming because the Big 12 hasn't played defense in 15 years, yep. if not longer. So right. yeah, it's I a different hand, it's a different game. And and Oklahoma's not going to the playoff anytime soon once they go yep. to the SEC. And I think that I, – I don't know that he would ever admit that, but to me that was immediately what it screamed was as soon as they lost that Oklahoma State game, you knew someone was going to call him because they knew they had the chance to poach him then because they yep. weren't going to the playoff. You can win and you can win quickly in the Pac-12 because there is no Alabama. There is no Ohio State. That, right. that conference is as wide open as it gets. And if you can get the recruits you have, which he's already taken his five-star quarterback with him from Los Alamitos, makes sense. He's already taken him. If you can get the caliber of recruits you were getting to Oklahoma and play some semblance of defense, you can win the Pac-12 and you can probably win it in two or three years. Riley, Go ahead, Eric. Riley is 38 years old. A fellow named Bob Stoops took over Oklahoma at age yep. 38, so a 39. So I think it's a big move for USC because he is in his prime. He can conquer a challenge. And I agree with you, Ashley and, and Sean, is that this is a case where Oklahoma is going into a much tougher league and the Pac-10 is winnable. We've talked about the transitional situation at Washington, Washington State. And, and a key point to remember is that Helton was not hired by the current AD. Boom. Mm -hmm. He came in in 2019, and from the start, he wanted his guy. And Clay played right into his hands. So this hire is huge for the AD Bone because it's his neck that was on the line. So, and I think he nailed it. The, yeah. the thing for Riley, the biggest thing that'll get him up there quick is 
I said, I don't want to say all he has to do, but all he has to do is keep those California kids home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they believe right. yep. under Clay Helton. Okay. Exactly. But but Pete Carroll got them all. And look what he built when he yep. was there. So so I think Riley, that's his fastest, uh, quickest path. Um, and it's the obvious one. And I think he'll be able to do it. The interesting, I know we're jumping between the, these two yeah. crazy ones. You mm-hmm. look at it, Notre Dame has an interesting thing going on here that Luke Fickle, I've read, there's two jobs he would jump over people for. Ohio State and Notre Dame is one. Um, well, because it would allow him to stay close to I mean, Indiana's not all that far from Ohio. So you yeah, can stay close right. to home, and it's a, a reputable, top-of-the-line college football program. And I've read there's some religion involved, too. Fickle and yep. his wife are apparently quite religious, mm-hmm. and that Notre Dame obviously plays to that. Yep. But Notre Dame, if they're going to go after Fickle, now Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator, has been named Matt Campbell from Iowa State. Good chance for him to, to move yep. up if he, if he wants to. But if they want Fickle, they got to take him now. Because if you don't, now you're going to have a month idle recruiting period, and that's when a lot of people might get away from you. Could you imagine if Notre Dame and Cincinnati both make the playoff and Fickles, he's not going to coach Notre Dame, but he's affiliated with the school. Uh, and then what do you do for if you're Cincinnati? He won't go now. I no, guarantee you. I think sport. that'll be his caveat. It will be, listen, I have the chance to go to the college football playoff with a non-power program and be the first to do it I'm going to take my shot here and whatever happens, happens. You kind of leave that up to the powers that be, or you leave it up to fate. You have to take your shot. If you're Luke fickle to prove whether you belong, whether you don't, that guy will have a power five job tomorrow or a month from tomorrow, whether or not Cincinnati gets beat by 60 or whether or not Cincinnati wins. I don't think he goes. And I think that'll be, I think he'll tell Notre Dame when they call him, listen, I will take your, your interview. I will take your offer but I'm not doing it until we play. Yeah. Well, Notre Dame did pretty well uh, hiring Kelly from Cincinnati. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Now, yeah, that's been a real, I mean, that program, basketball too, that school has been a real kind of jumping off point for a lot of coaches. I, I do want to throw two names at you because mm-hmm. as Mr. Saban will say, sometimes it's good to go from the pros to the college. He does not miss the Miami Dolphins, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, you remember start of the year, we talked about coaches in the hot seat, and I said Cliff Kingsbury. And the reason wasn't the talent. It's because there's some stains going on there, okay? The locker room issues with the owners. So I know his name's been bandied about, and I'm not surprised. It wouldn't surprise me if he looks at Oklahoma or another college job to get out of the situation he's in. And I believe in Phoenix, they'll probably hold the door and say, here's the cab, bye-bye. And then the other name, how about Pete Carroll, okay, yep. if he returns? Because watch him at a presser because he doesn't stay long now. He looks tired. He's not He's not used to losing. We'll talk about Seahawks later, but I think he needs a challenge. I think there's still some stuff in the tank. We know what happened at USC, but that doesn't prevent colleges from now to look at somebody like him, and I don't think uh, he'll be uh, as picky either. I think either or both of those guys could come back. Sean? Yeah, I think – uh, like, Ashley? I don't know. I, I could see the Carol thing happening because you're right. I think things have gotten old. He's probably sick of the situation. He doesn't like losing. I could see him taking a college job as for Kingsbury kind of like Luke fickle. You'd be crazy to leave a super bowl contender. Like right. they are one of the only consistent teams in the NFL this year. And they've won without Kyler Murray and without Deandre Hopkins in, in a lot of games. So 
I think you'd be crazy. Maybe you go win a Super Bowl. Okay, then you say on to the next challenge. I've done what I can do. But that team is much more talented than I think people expected them to be. And along with the Packers, they might be the only team that hasn't had like an atrociously terrible loss this year that has blown my mind. So I think if you're Kingsbury, you stay. I could see Pete Carroll happening. Guys, I love the move towards though. Like I read an article about Billy Napier. He's the guy who just took the Florida job from Louisiana. He said no to power five job after power five job Mm. to establish himself, to win at Louisiana. And then when the right opportunity came along, he took that job at Florida and that's a great job. I mean, I know it's in the sec, but that's already a pretty talented team that underachieved. So if he can get recruits there, I think he has the chance to be successful. I love the guy who bides his time and who was an assistant under the Sabins and under the, the Dabo Sweeney's of the world, and then has had a head coach coaching job for five to 10 years at, you know, a lower level school and has succeeded there and is now getting that shot. I love to see that. And I hope that happens more for guys. And you've seen it also with the guy from Washington, the Penn state hire, who's just took his first head coaching job at Virginia tech. There are guys who are finally getting a crack and I'm excited to see what they do versus like the washed up same old stuff. The, the Brian Kelly stuff is interesting. And, and I think the, the Cliff Kingsbury would be interesting, but I love seeing these new guys get jobs. And a guy like Luke Fickle has proved that it's possible to be successful at the next level. Yeah, you talk about one. By the way, I'm going to give you a, a wild prediction here. Ready? Mm-hmm. Get, get your pencils Ready. out. Yep. Pete Carroll, Las Vegas Raiders next year. Mm. Okay? Just don't know. Interesting. Um, yeah, like you talk like about the, the hires waiting and biding your time. Yep. The one thing you don't want, you don't want to go to Virginia Tech and replace Frank Beamer. Right. You want to be the guy that replaces the guy who, who replaced, replaced Frank, Frank Beamer. Beamer. Yep. Because your expectations are through the roof. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's a key there because you come in and you 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 know you become the the coach and successor or whatever they call that thing, uh, coach and waiting. Yep. It doesn't work out that well. J- Jimbo Fisher did it at Florida State when replacing Bobby Bowden. He yep. kept them going. Now they're a mess. But it doesn't often work out that way. So don't be the guy that replaces the legend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why Riley's in such a great spot. Ed Orgeron did a great job for LSU. It's some yeah. tough circumstances. Never really had their backing. Won a national title there. Um, Brian Kelly's going to be able to name his spots. But Notre Dame's in a good spot, no matter mm-hmm. who they hire. It's a desirable job. Obviously, it's Notre Dame. But they've been very good for a long time. Mm-hmm. So Kelly built the he built the foundation there, and then hopefully somebody else can reap the benefits of it. Here we go with the Michigan uh, rivalry game too, and I I wanted to say I, the Alabama Auburn game was awesome because mm-hmm. it's a rivalry game. Auburn's got you know, quote nothing left to play for, as you know, and you two have been on the sidelines, and I've worked with schools that that have had rivalry games, and I don't care what your record is; those kids don't need any speech in Auburn. Mm-hmm played their hearts out. They deserve to win. But Alabama, I, I was impressed with Saban because you see in the interview when he says to the kids, just have fun. You know, he's not pressuring them. He knows the type of effort that has to be put on in a game like this. A freshman breaks up the pass in the end zone, clean, no call and OT. Young kicker nails a field goal. You know, what, what he's great at is that he shows that the pressure now will help you later in life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know there's a book out there with him and Belichick. I'd love to read it because this is a guy who knows how to prepare for you to be challenged and bring out the best. And that's mm-hmm. why he could be considered now, sorry, Bear, the greatest coach in college history. Mm-hmm. And the word I really like with him is anticipate. 
because when you're taught to anticipate, you come to expect something. Okay. What I'm saying, I'm not yogi here, but you're prepared. And that's why Alabama, in my mind, is one of the best sports programs ever. And that makes up for last week's talk on the Clippers. <laughs> the yeah. one thing I wanted, the one thing I, I kind of got a kick out of was at his press conference, Lincoln Riley was asked, are you taking the LSU job? Oh, God. He answered him honestly. But no, no, I'm not going to be the next coach at LSU. I'm not taking the USC job. No one asked him about Southern California. Yeah, and I mean, that, that and again, but those are the spots that I don't envy anyone to be in because, like, well, now you're in front of a camera, you're in front of a mic, you have to say something, and you know, if you say something that's not true, it's going to get thrown back in your face. My biggest yeah. pet peeve is when someone comes into a press conference and says, "This is my dream job," and then five years later, they're out the freaking door. By choice. Yeah. Well, then it wasn't your dream job because your dream job is something that you want to do for your entire life and you are satisfied and whatever. Or if it's like, I just, I hate it. It drives me crazy. Um, <laughs> for these two coaches though, you guys will love this. An Oklahoma head coach hasn't left for another job since 1947. I saw that. Mm -hmm. And a Notre Dame head coach hasn't left for another job since 1907. So you are not, these are not programs that are used to like, I bet you they were, I know they're going to tell you they weren't surprised. I bet you they were as surprised as anybody else on the planet that they're in, they are now searching for new head coaches. You know, the, the, the interesting part of Oklahoma, I don't remember the name of the, the coach that left in 47, but the guy who replaced him was Bud Wilkinson, who, who built the Oklahoma program into yes. just an unbeatable force back then mm -hmm. through the fifties. So yeah, it's kind of crazy how that happens, but that also speaks to the parody of college football that now a program like Oklahoma and now Notre Dame are being rated. Um, that's, that's just the way it goes. You know, yep. that's, and there, there's no penalty coach can leave. If, if, yep. if there's a buyout, the, the school's going to pay for it anyway. LSU would pay Notre Dame if there was one. So that's the way it goes. Yeah. Well, now, now with Oklahoma state over Notre Dame in the rankings. Okay. And the Irish now are sitting with that one loss to Cincy. Yep. I, we know the Irish eyes aren't smiling. This is not the week you want to be playing idle, is it? What do you think? No, and that was one of my questions. Is this the you know is this the time where they think, damn, I'd love to be in the ACC championship game or the SEC championship, some kind of championship game? Because now you're leaving it up to everyone else instead of yep. being able to either go out there and win or go out there and lose and make it make that decision at least in your hands somewhat. That's it's the one thing I don't like about Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, we've talked about it before I grew up in an Irish family, Notre Dame family. Um, grandma turning 100 in March, big Irish fan. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem I don't like with them is is you got to keep up with the times. I get it. They can say we're Notre Dame. We don't have mm -hmm. to do all that. We have our own TV contract. I get that. Sure. But this is where it does hurt them because out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, – you know, and that's where they're going to be this week. And they need they need at least two teams to lose. I'm sorry, they need Alabama and somebody else to lose. Yeah, Don't and because no. the one loss Georgia team goes, they stay in the playoff. Yeah. If you're being realistic, you're only getting one team to lose. It's the team that loses the SEC championship game. And if it's Georgia, that those rankings aren't going to change at all. If right. it's Alabama, you're going to get Oklahoma State in, but you're not going to get Notre Dame in. So they need either Michigan or Cincinnati to lose. And if you're being realistic, it's not going to happen. Crazier uh, things have happened. The thing about Michigan is that but was such a for big that. win. You can't hope for it. You can't hope for it. No, they they should win. But are they 
was it too much of an emotional high for them? Oh, I'm yeah. Over that hurdle. Is it going to be a little come down having to go yep. play Iowa? And again, Iowa is just a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they don't blow you away with their athleticism or anything like that, but they, they'll hang with any team. Yep. So I know there's the real thing as a letdown. That's a, that's legit. I Absolutely. do think Georgia's in even with a loss. And yeah. uh, yeah. it's not their fault, fault that their opponents underachieved. Partly right. is because their opponents got beat up by Georgia, okay? Mm-hmm. But they had such an incredible year. I don't think they're going to be touched. And I think if they do lose, I still think they're locked. But it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun to watch what shakes out. And you talk about selection Sunday for the committee for basketball. Good luck. Yeah. You heard one of the, the chair of this committee say, boy, three, four, five, six. This is really tough right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it'll be a fun day for sure. Yeah, but I don't think anyone, if things shake out the way that we just talked about, I don't think anyone gets left out that deserves to be in. Like, I still yeah. think Oklahoma State, even if they get left out, like the four teams ahead of them are going to have a, a better resume. If they get yeah. in, it's because, like we said, Michigan or Cincinnati lose, and then you're, or Alabama, all bets are off. So. I could see Oak State jumping a two loss Alabama team. Yes. Yeah, I, I and they I, probably I, should. They probably should, though, if they if those two played, I'd pick Alabama to win. I just yeah. I think Alabama is me not too. what they've been the last few years. Yep. Um, and, and for me, it's not about the two losses. It's more about the last three weeks. They haven't beaten anyone in their SEC games by more than a touchdown. So it hasn't been like the world-beating Alabama team we're used to. It's, if it was and they had two losses, I'd say I'll take Alabama. And even You're exactly more so. right, John. You're exactly <laughs> right. They're not what they used to be. But how many programs would say, boy, I'd love to be in Alabama twos right now? Yeah. Right. The bar is so beyond high, yep. it's like past the ceiling. That's what they've <laughs> set for a bar. Yeah, but if, if they go lose to Georgia by double digits – I don't think. Yeah, they're out. I don't think. I think they're out. Yeah, I think if they lose to Georgia at all, they're out. Yeah, yeah, no, very no, possible. It's tough, but it's tough to be Alabama. It's also a lot of times good to be Alabama. Yeah. So maybe it finally works against them in some weird way this year. But yeah, we'll see. Well, all right, hey folks, it's cold outside. The final yeah. few months of 2021 are here, and that means the holidays are approaching. Make sure your home is safe and warm this season, thanks to John Stone Supply in Troy. The Goodman Furnaces are now in stock. Goodman Furnaces are not only made in America, but they also are the perfect blend of efficiency and dependability for wherever you may live. Don't forget to clean out your air filters before your friends and family visit this season. Find out about ways to purify the air in your home and adjust your air filters before the big holiday events by connecting with John Stone Supply in Troy. Visit them on 6th Avenue in Troy from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. or call them at 518-272-5922. Whether it is George, Tom, Kev, or James, the crew there will offer you the best recommendations for this season. Call them today to get the best advice on how to prepare your home for the snow and change your boilers or furnace. Call Johnstone Supply in Troy at 518-272-5922 or leave them a comment on facebook.com backslash Johnstone Supply Troy, New York. Take care of that furnace. (laughs) Eric, you're wearing your hat. I don't know that they're the most improved team, but they spent a hell of a lot of money so far in free agency. Take it away. So much for the uh, lockout fears, as one executive put it. If the system's broken, owners are having no problem shelling out the cash. Yeah. Okay. Problem by the players, no problem accepting it. 
Steve Cohen is putting the money where his mouth is and also Scott Boris's mouth. He shocked yeah. everyone getting oh Scherzer. Three years, 130. I know he's 37, but he's a Hall of Famer, three-time Cy. And don't get worried about him because of the stupid Dodger move making him the closer that really wiped out his playoffs, okay? Marte, outstanding center fielder, dresses the speed, leading stealer last year. Escobar and Canha, good pickup. So Mets fans, you finally own the back pages of the tabloids, and your owner, George M. Cohen, now has locked players up for 11 years and a Yankee-like 254.5. Good for you. Now, the Texas Rangers are gunslingers, three free agents at $556 million, and Seager and Simeon up the middle. Beautiful stadium and a roof and air, so the late-season meltdown should end. Since they've been around in the early 70s, they just fry in August. Seattle, Toronto, Detroit, the Angels all spent some coin. Minnesota even gave... Byron Buxton, $100 million, and we all know he's on the IL more than on the field. Mm -hmm. Now, the Yankees have been quiet. They're probably just waiting to make a trade for you two where they'll trade Oakland three no-name prospects and get Olsen and Chapman in return. And then lastly, and, the and, Montas. That's right. and the ownership of a certain team that plays at Fenway Park, known as the Fenway Sports Group, has been busy buying the Pittsburgh Penguins, who, last I checked, play hockey. In Pittsburgh. They do. Like a You're major right. concert announcement, and everyone swoops in and buys up all the tickets, and then a few people in Boston say, oh, let's see what, like, shakes out. We'll just pick up a free agent so-so before spring training. Mm -hmm. That's a great statement to a team that overachieved. Let's just go out there and pick up a jalopy named James Paxton, who has yeah. been rebuilt with high mileage yeah. on his arm. Or, as Fozzie Bear would say, let's get Waka waka. waka, waka. <laughs> yeah, but James Paxson, someone's got to lead that DL in Boston, right? I, uh, whatever they call it. Yeah, I got yeah. I got money left for you guys. I promise. Give they, they, yeah. And the Rangers, if and when this lockout ever ends, assuming it commences, I think they're the favorite for Clayton Kershaw too. He's from there. Good time for him to go home if the Dodgers don't want him. Dodgers might want to rethink that now with Scherzer leaving, but uh, yeah. Kershaw to Texas, don't rule that out hmm. when it's time. Yeah, I, listen, I'm the Rangers have gotten better, and but that is a lot of money to spend on your middle infield. And yeah, who where is the offense coming from? Like, I get it, Seeger's Seeger's a bat and Simeon's a bat. I just don't think the rest of the pieces around them are good enough. And like John Gray to me, meh, okay, it, it's fine. Yeah. I'm just not convinced that the Rangers are good enough with the amount. I mean, they're the top spending team. It's like five hundred and or six hundred million dollars almost, just even with those two guys. Um, so I'm not convinced that the Rangers are a better team. I'm also not convinced that the Mets are a better team. I, I get it, but I'm not giving that contract to Max Scherzer. I, and they're <laughs> going to give it to him, but I think it works out for them for a year. There, it's going to be one of those contracts, and it'll probably be like some of the other contracts. Like, okay, the first three years of the 10-year contract, we're good with this X player being fantastic. The first third of any contract, you're probably safe with. The first year of Max Scherzer's contract, you're probably safe with. But the guy's old. He's going to be injured. I think it's intimidating, the Scherzer-DeGrom duo. I would have re-signed Syndergaard and then give me Scherzer-DeGrom-Syndergaard. And now we're talking about a World Series contending team if you can find the offense. 
By the way, Javi Baez goes bye-bye. Like, there there are still too many gaps offensively in that lineup. I'm not scared of the Mets. The the thing with the Mets, um, yeah, I think they're in a spot. They're still kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. And they need to overpay a guy like Scherzer to come yep. there. I don't think yeah. he wanted New York City was there. But yep. once you can get that established, then maybe it becomes a little easier down the road. The guy, the other guys they got, Canna is a great player. I'm going to miss him in Oakland big time. He does everything. And Escobar can play second base. He can play third base. He's a jack of all trades and a really good hitter. Um, I think the Mets did get better. And Marte, if I love if, Marte. If yeah. the Mets got the Marte that Marte. Oakland got last year at the trade deadline, that's yeah. going to be a huge impact. Yep, you're right. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, Scherzer. Yeah, that's a lot of money. You're not going to get value on that. Yeah. But it's a name to kind of go with it. And, yep. and, and maybe more will yeah. follow. Um, it yeah, makes we'll you see. pay attention to your baseball team, which no one yeah. pays attention to the Mets ever. So if that's what it takes, then fine. Yeah. And, you know, they're spending. Brian Cashman's still trying to figure out how a salary cap works because yeah. he's been, his hands are tied. I know. So Cohen came in with the coin. And as I, I have from my best friend in Connecticut is a longtime Mets fan. This is about a statement. And he's saying, you know, they're not going to win the thing. Their odds are down to 14 to one now. But the point is, it's a statement. And I agree with actually the contract for him reminds me of the Pedro Martinez contract the Mets signed where they gave him three years. And that arm just is not rubber. And Pedro had yeah. a good one and a half years and it was over. But mm-hmm. as the Mets, you know, the people that follow the Mets, they're tired of the five and darn garbage. And so the other thing I'm impressed with is Seattle. Okay. You may yep. remember when they made the trade with Houston, traded their closer, and the GM had said at the time, look, there's a big picture thing going on here. And he proved it to, to get Robbie Ray to sign with Seattle. You don't see that too often where a Cy Young guy signs with a team that didn't make the playoffs. Okay. It does not happen. And so it's a great statement for Seattle because there's a lot of good young talent there. And to bring in a guy like that, Seattle currently has the longest non playoff appearance streak in all of sports. So happy for the Mariner fans too. And how about the Blue Jays? I think the Blue Jays, listen, the story of Kevin Gossman is unbelievable because that guy struggled through playing in Baltimore and has made a name for himself. I just laugh because all it takes is one good season for some team to overpay for a top flight pitcher. I wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Gossman doesn't live up to that contract if Robbie Ray doesn't live up to that contract and Ray's a little bit more established has a little bit more success over the long term but like those are guys that you are reaching for for a hundred million dollars for starting it's just it's so funny to me that this is the money being thrown around and it's probably not going to work out for most teams but hey at least you're taking your shot I think that is what any player on your team wants is just like hey we went after this guy we're going for it we're going to take our shot if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out the, you still have a great number of players out there and i i tried yeah. to kind of look at this the last 10 days and say well maybe this is a good sign for this lockout the teams are spending money and you know it's going to be hard for baseball to scream fiscal conservative when you have seattle and texas and detroit spending all this cash yep and hopefully that's better because I, you know, I'm I'm enjoying the last ten weeks, and because when when the lockouts come, man, I get depressed. Like it sucks. I, I I can't stand it. I can't stand labor strife interfering with my sport. Um, but it's you got Korea's out there. You got Trevor Stories out there. The person I want to ask you about you, Ashley, with Chris being a hey, nice tree back there too. 
Yeah, I thanks. Like I turned Ooh. the lights on for you guys. That's a winner. Um, I would have guessed that Freddie Freeman would have signed with Atlanta by now, and he's not. Is that a is that a concern? That in my household, it is. Elsewhere. It's so funny. We had this conversation today when Chris came home. He said, I'm starting to sweat a little bit because he had read somewhere that the Dodgers have already offered him, like, I think it was like six years, 120 or five years, 130, something like that. And he is going to, like, like if that's the difference, is he's going to get that kind of money from the Dodgers. He's not going to get probably that much money from Atlanta, but the fact that he hasn't signed yet means he's thinking or entertaining the idea. So yes, Chris has already said he's sweating it out until uh, Freddie signs on the dotted line. That Freddie Freeman would make that team a lot better in LA. Like that, it, the team is already so good and injuries killed them in the postseason. It wasn't that they yeah. weren't good. They were decimated by injuries. They weren't the same yeah. Dodgers team that anyone had to face throughout the regular season. So if they're back and they're healthy and they add someone like a Freddie Freeman, even without a Clayton Kershaw and without a Max Scherzer, that team is going to be really, really good. And they're young for the most part. They're starting yeah. studs like Walker Bueller, Dustin May. Those guys are young. Yeah, you get May back, Urias 120 games. Yep. They, they can definitely do it. Yep. I've heard them now possibly suitors if they don't get Freeman for Matt Olson because I hate to dispel the myth out there for hashtag Yankees Twitter. <laughs> Not everybody in baseball is clamoring to go to the Bronx. Exactly. Well, Some are. There aren't enough people clamoring to go to the Bronx. There aren't enough. People. It's not like it used to be. No. And and they're they're being held. You know, look, George Steinbrenner was it was such a great personality and a character. He had his flaws, obviously, but all he cared about was winning. Hal Steinbrenner is interested in the bottom line, and I think that's a tough pill to swallow for Yankee fans who might forget. They've won one World Series in 20 years. Yep. Um, that's, I haven't forgotten. You haven't forgotten. I, I was very surprised Detroit signed Baez. I, I really thought there was something to the Correa uh, yeah. thing, but then, you know, that was very surprising because Baez is not the type of guy I really think you want with a good young and up-and-coming team from what we've seen with the luggage that he will be bringing to mm -hmm. the Motor City. Uh, as for Correa, I think the Cardinals would be a very good fit. Seattle mm. has been mentioned with them. They have the kid Crawford, but he's not Correa. And whether they want to pay that out for a good 10 years, because you know what happens at the end of the contract. And no, he will not go to Boston, Ubers, and they're not going to move Bogarts to second. So forget that fantasy. And do the Yankees get Story, Ashley, and not Correa? Uh, I will take Correa over Story, but yeah. not – like begrudgingly, because I don't want I don't want him on our team. That's the thing. I don't want Carlos Correa for the simple fact that he played for the Houston Astros and the whole garbage can scandal. I don't freaking want him. But if it's a matter of like who's the better player, then I want Carlos Correa. The the problem with Trevor Story and I don't whoever gets him is going to overpay for him mm -hmm. is the history of right. guys leaving Colorado and under underperforming their yep. numbers. It's staggering. It happened to Arenado in St. Louis this year. He had a nice year for a third baseman, but he didn't have his Rockies years. And if it can happen to Arenado, it can happen to anybody. Either that or the Rockies are the most brilliant franchise ever to know when all their guys are going to fall off the statistic. Right. Well, LeMahieu proved, LeMahieu proved that it doesn't have to be a fluke, but then he fell off this year too. So it's <laughs> like, which LeMahieu do we see next year? The LeMahieu that has warranted the contract that the Yankees gave him or – not um i don't the yankees and like i said 
Eric, your Red Sox, my Yankees haven't done much. When you're talking about Paxton and Gio Urshela being your like <laughs> signings of the free agent offseason so far, uh, we are we could be in for a long year if we're not going to make any real waves here. And Tampa Bay goes under the radar. They sign the good veteran pitcher. I mean, that's the I, way they are. That the and I said to someone, I'm like, you know now that Corey Kluber will be healthy of and course. he will kick the Yankees' ass all freaking year. That's, that's what right. he'll do because they already do it without him. So now he'll come back and he'll be the thorn in their side and win games against the Yankees and the Red Sox and everybody else, and the Rays will still be at the top getting rid of Wendell. I mean, they've unloaded some people, and yet they'll still be the top of that that division without a problem. The, well, the and top. Toronto will give them a run for their money. But Toronto now loses Simeon. Like, that team is and still – they have starting pitching up the wazoo, but I, I think they're, they haven't done anything to improve other than that, but they're, they have plenty of good young talent, so I'm sure they'll be fine. I, I, I'm a little upset that we didn't leave this show with the A's tendering Chad Pinder and Tony Kemp. So we got two oh, guys. Former Tri-City Valley Cat, Tony Kemp. The the A's have been busier than the Yankees, which is what yep. I'm going to hang my hat on uh, As you this should. entire offseason. The, uh, the thing about the career contract, he's going to want 12 years. That puts yep. him at 40. He's not going to earn a buck 99 when he's 40. And I just don't see – unless you're a desperate team trying to get into the playoffs and trying to make a run at something like we see teams like the Rams try to make a run at it or so. I just don't see a 12-year contract where you're going to pay the guy at age 40. Ask about Pujols. Go on and on. Nobody, no athlete at age 40 is going to be worth $20 million, never mind $10 million. And I don't and care, especially if you're a shortstop. Which I is going to say, he's not going to be a shortstop forever. They never right. are. He'll have to go I'm to on the play. camp. I will give him five or six years for more money than 10 or 12 years for like average season, less money. I'll give him freaking five years, 35 million if he wants it or 40 million. Perfect. If he, I, I don't care. I, but I want to be out from under that contract before he's going to fall off the face of the earth because you know, it's going to happen. I don't want to be paying that guy 20 million when he's 40, let alone 30 million or 40 million. So I'll give exactly. him five or six years. And I know that's not what he wants or what he wants to hear. But I'll take if I'm him, I'll take the five years and the more money than trying to get a long term deal. Yeah, the only shortstop that stays at that position all those years was uh, Korea's buddy and idol Derek Jeter. Yeah. And you ask uh, Korea what he thought about that. So yeah, he, they change positions, they lose their range. Um, so yeah, he's not going to be worth it no matter what he signs. Yeah, I just think it, it's so funny. I, listen, I'm your prototypical Yankees fan. Could you imagine him like he's going to get booed if he's in pinstripes? He will get booed <laughs> until he has his moment where he, you know, where they really accept him and he they can he can just kind of prove that he's like a changed dude and a likable dude, but he's not likable and Yankee fans already don't like him. It would be a rough ingratiation to this team if the Yankees sign him. He's going to have well, a hard freaking I would, time. I would agree. I I tried to picture that A-Rod trade with Manny and to see A-Rod in a Red Sox uniform. I think if he had a four-homer game, "Oh, we love you. We love you." Yes. That's what but it's it going to take a lot. Game. <laughs> it's going to take a lot. And I think it's going to take more than that. It's going to take him like really, it's going to take him winning or helping that team to a world series for them to really take, take him in. Yeah. All right. Hey, guess what guys? <clears throat> it is the 12 days of giving. Mm. At Mohawk Honda. 
So head over to Mohawk Honda's Facebook page to nominate a charity to receive $5,000. Make sure to comment and tag the charity in the comments along with like and sharing the pinned post on their Facebook page. From now until December 10th, Mohawk Honda will be accepting submissions in the comments. On December 11th, Mohawk Honda will start announcing a charity a day, into, a day per day until the 24th. 12 lucky charities will get $5,000 apiece each. Share your nominations today. That's it. Cool. Mohawk Honda. They go out of their way. <laughs> Actually, to wait. I got one more for you. Uh, a little promotion going on. DeCrescenti Distributors and Hooters and Heineken. And if you enjoy our podcast and other Godzilla Media shows, make sure to join Godzilla Media at this year's Christmas party on Friday, December 10th. Godzilla Media is partnering with DeCrescenti, Heineken, and Hooters for an exciting celebration. Levac and Gaz will be broadcasting live from Hooters from 5 to 7 p.m. If you bring any unwrapped Christmas gifts, the staff from Heineken will wrap your gift for you. Plus, if you bring any unwrapped kids' toy to, to the event, you'll have a chance to win $150 thanks to DeCrescenti. Join Godzilla Media's first ever Christmas party to celebrate the holiday. Enjoy delicious Heineken and share gifts this Friday, December 10th at Hooters on Wolf Road. Next I think Friday. Really. Ashley should be there to sign autographs. Personally. I was going to say, am I invited to this? I didn't get yeah. an invitation. I, I, I'm going to try and join. As long as Maybe we should. I, I could see myself being on a high school basketball court next Friday night. Yeah, it's night. the first night of high school. I'm actually yeah. off because uh, friends of ours are throwing a holiday party. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a Friday off. So I'm off, but I'll be at a high school game the next day or the day before, two days gotcha. after. So, NFL. Uh, hey, you said if you enjoy our podcast, well, if you enjoy our podcast, you should subscribe yeah. on YouTube. You can find us YouTube, Twitter at MMMATB1. Spotify. What else am I missing? iTunes. Um, you can find YouTube. us everywhere. YouTube. Yep. We're all over Subscribe the place. on YouTube. Yeah. I sometimes I forget to mention it now because we're so into the into the flow of things. But in case you're watching, you can find us pretty much everywhere. We're in great. Yeah, now the NFL. Exactly. NFL. So look, I, I want to be positive, but I, I I made an offhanded comment um, last week. When I compared Matthew Stafford possibly to Jeff George, and I feel like I'm kind of living that. I I, mm. I look at stat again. I'm going back to the Rams since they announced they were all in. They haven't won a game. Oh, and, and great. I, yeah, yeah. I look at Stafford. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, not that he was the problem in Detroit. They had a million problems there during yeah. the time. Eighty four, ninety one as a as a starter and a tie. Um, but I always thought that. You know, if he was everything that everybody thought he was, he would have elevated them at some point and won a big game, pulled something out. Never did. Now he's on a really good team in the Rams with a great defense. He's got some weapons around him. I know he lost Robert Woods, and then they're running back by committee, but they seem to be getting by. But I watched him play again against Green Bay. It was a couple times this year in their losses. He just does not look like a guy that's capable. He's got all the skills. But when it comes time to win games, he doesn't look like a guy capable of elevating his team. Well, said so I know, and I know one of I, they had he had a pick six, right? Um, yep. But thirty six points, regardless of giving up a pick six for a good defense, that's too many points. A good defense doesn't give up twenty one points. They're giving up too many points. Like I, I, it can't all be on him. But he has not looked good. I agree with you. He he looked. 
uh, he was missing throws that I could have made. He's throwing behind receivers, over yeah. receivers' heads. It didn't look like anybody was on the same page. He had that one throw to Odell that went for a touchdown. But he doesn't look like the same quarterback. But if you're going to be a great defense and you're going to have two of the best defensive players on the planet, arguably the best two in Von Miller and they have, do they have Jalen Ramsey too? Or is he still on in yeah, Seattle? Yeah, they do. Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, uh, and Aaron Donald. Like that defense, you should be the best defense on the planet and shouldn't even be close. So for them to lose to the Packers the way they did, unacceptable. Um, but their defense needs to be better too. The way you were describing it, it sounds like Jared Goff. Sorry. <laughs> but, but it yeah, does. All the same problems. Except yeah. Stafford can throw down the field a little better. Yeah, they, they haven't adapted with Woods out. You know, you've got Cup, you've got Jefferson. I still look at Beckham in that game where he made his mm-hmm. debut. He ran, he ran the wrong pattern. They they, yep. they need a training camp right now. They need mm-hmm. the buy, and they don't have one, unfortunately. They've already used it, I believe. So, uh, but when when he starts to look like Jared Goff, you got to think that McVay is like we've been down, we've seen this movie too many times. Yeah, and I think the. And I said this earlier in in the show here. I think if you're going to say two teams to me that don't have any bad losses and haven't stunned you this year, it's the Cardinals. Well, I guess they did have a bad loss, but it's the Cardinals for me and the Packers are the two most consistent teams that you can pretty much count on every week to show up, give you a good outing, and probably win a lot of games. And I, at the beginning of the year, I would have said there were plenty of teams in the AFC I'm not buying anyone in the AFC except no. for the Patriots at this no. point who I wouldn't have bought five weeks ago. So, and, and the Patriots look like the best team in the AFC. I'm not saying they are, but the Titans are unreliable. The Bills are unreliable. No one is consistent in this league. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you'll find out uh, Monday night, Pats at Buffalo. You're going to find out a lot about both teams as well. We had a chance ready. to go to that game, and we just can't make it happen. We had taken, no. we had, our friend had tickets and invited us, and it's just it's just not a good time, and it's making me. Ah, I want to go. How yeah. great would that be? I've never seen an NFL game in person that I've just gone to for fun. I've covered one, um, yeah. but I've never been to it. So, like to have a first NFL game be Patriots in Buffalo. Oh God, it's killing me. That's a oh. tough one to turn down. Yep. I, know. I talked about J.C. Jackson and just he's making us forget Gilmore. It's like he mm-hmm. never existed. The guy is a stud, seven and 16 pass breakups, the fourth fumble he had. And the game will, will, on the Bills, uh, this game, it's great that it's on Monday night because there's been a lot, a lot of Monday night dogs this year. Yep. So it's great to see it then where people can actually be home and enjoy it that night. And uh, actually, I did see a, a Giants game uh, on a Monday night years and years ago. And an NFL experience is incredible. But on a Monday yeah. night, the minute you walk in, all you smell is smoke and beer. Everybody yeah. is already hammered before yeah. you even step into the parking lot. Yeah, I, I know. It's tough. And it's just a game that I'm super interested in. I would love to go cheer against the Patriots because I hate the yeah. Patriots. I would have, like, new Bills swag. I'm not even a Bills fan. But, I, I listen, it's a, it's a huge game. I think the Patriots don't need this game. The Bills need this game like nobody's business because – I just think they need to prove that they can hang with the Patriots are one of the best teams in the NFL right now. They're playing their best football right now on both sides of the ball in all three phases. The bills are not, I think the bills need to prove 
that they can play with this team to prove that they're legit because we've seen too many letdowns from them, the Jacksonville game being one. Too many letdowns from them this year. They were good against the Saints last week. Allen had four touchdowns, but that's not a good Saints team. Any team with Trevor Simeon, you can't tell me that's a good win. No, no, it's not. And, yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough one for Buffalo because you think about what's riding. Is their season on the line? I don't think so, but you know what? If they no, were to lose at home, yep. the psychological uh, damage there could be significant in a very tightly bunched AFC. And I think if they're to lose by a lot, I think if it's a close game, like a field goal, a touchdown, fine. We're, we're okay. Everyone's good. But if you're to lose by more like 10 points or more, I think you're going to have real problems in Buffalo. I want to go back to the Packers and I know I'm not going to jinx them because they have a bye this week. So I don't think they're going to lose to bye. and, and they really need the rest right now. They got a ton Mm -hmm. of guys hurt and we know about, uh, the quarterback, and uh, at this point, I think it's safe to say this week he doesn't need to be playing kickball with his kids. Just get some rest, stay off the media, just enjoy yourself. Exactly. And when they come back, folks, this is pretty nice. Five games left, three of them are Chicago, Cleveland, and Detroit. Everything is in their lap right now. Win, win, win. And they're the team that feels like they will win those games. They're not going to go out and lay an egg against Chicago, Detroit, and whoever else you just said. No, they're not. John, I'd like to hear your thoughts, and and Ashley as well, about Russell Wilson, okay? He's not Ben Roethlis. Ben is just gone, done. Mm -hmm. Needs to be done now, okay? But I want to tip a hat off to Russell Wilson, okay, because it's not about this year. The guy has made the playoffs every season since he was drafted, has led the Seahawks to the playoffs. I'm sorry, eight of the nine years they've been in the playoffs with him. And they had 10 or more wins in eight of nine years, no losing record until this year. So Russell Wilson never really got in the talk over the years about MVP. We know why he's out, way out in Seattle. Okay. But let's look at what Russell Wilson has accomplished because this is a bad year and people are going to dump on him. But those people never gave him the love that he deserved because he's the franchise's best player ever in Seattle. I I disagree. I think he's been overrated. Not a big fan of his. Um, what bothered me about him, and he's an example, sometimes a quarterback gets – I don't like celebrity quarterbacks. I don't like my quarterbacks on, on commercials all the time. Be football players. That's just me. It's a personal thing. I just – I don't like it. And I think he became one. And I don't know if it took away from them, but they haven't – they had the, the couple Super Bowls. They won one. They lost a tough one to, to New England and haven't been back. They've had a good team there all these years. They've had a good defense all these years. And I think he's a little overrated. I wouldn't want him. There was rumors about him going to Vegas a year or two ago, and I didn't want any part of it. Because if you're talking about New York City, like, well, could you imagine what it's going to do for his brand with him and his wife? I don't give a rip about his brand. Can he play football? And that's that's my problem with him. Um, but I think he's slipped back, and they're, they're not very good. Yeah. And he's now showing he's trying to carry that whole load. Um, and Eric, remember the name Steve Largent. We're talking about great, great seats. Yeah, he's right up there. Yeah. Uh, I'd take him. Yeah. I'd take him tomorrow. If they were like, I will trade you Daniel Jones for Russell Wilson, I'd be like, sign me up. I'm in. I'll take him. Uh, I just think he's, listen, he was, and not to the same extent, he was Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. He was the guy who kind of, in a lot of ways, changed the position again. I know we had Michael Vick. Yeah. 
but right. he was the guy who there hadn't been one of him in a long time. And he came back in. He's just such a dynamic talent. He can run and he can throw the ball. And listen, he's getting old. So like, yeah, all this stuff is going to happen. He's going to regress. But the team around him isn't that good. They don't have the Legion of Boom defense anymore. They don't have some of the – they have DK, but they don't have some of the weapons they've had in the past. And he's – like you said, he's trying to carry the load. When you're in that type of situation, we've seen it with Patrick Mahomes. When quarterbacks have to do too much, they try to do too much, and they make bad decisions, and they try to make plays that they probably shouldn't try to make. Before, he was having fun, and they were winning, so he was making smart plays. Now he get he's getting a little risky and a little careless, and we, but we see that from everyone. I would take him because I think if he's on a good team that he's a not a generational talent, right. but he's a once-in-a-quarterback class kind of talent, once-in-every-few-quarterback-class kind of talent. I like him. He's not the celebrity. His wife is the celebrity, and it's not even close. So he plays second fiddle to her every day of the week, and I think he yeah. likes it. I think he's good with it. Don't get me wrong. He's been a great quarterback. I liked watching him at NC State, and yeah. I hated watching him in Wisconsin because he was there that year, and they – throttled Nebraska when they sure. play. He's had a great career and he has yeah. been fun to watch. I think, I just don't think he's ever, I think he's always been overrated. I've never really thought of him as a top three quarterback in the league. Yeah. And that's I'd say fair. five to eight, five to nine, something like that. I mean, you know, on the higher end uh, during his heyday. Um, but that's yeah, about but it. I think you ask any franchise in the league that is bottom half, if they want a top five to nine quarterback, they're going to say, hell yeah. Well, the locker room, they also said they loved the guy in the locker room Mm -hmm. for a while there. But two other things I just want to throw at you. One is Mike Tomlin. Also hats off to him. This will be his first ever losing season, okay? Pittsburgh has longtime legendary coaches. I'm not a fan of him with the media afterwards, but first – listen, they don't have a – there's no, like, sure losing season yet. They're still 500, so – I think with Ben, they'll they'll be under that. And then yeah, an 82-year-old quarterback. You thought on the Ravens, too. They, they finished with the Packers, Bengals, Rams. So before we all jump on the Baltimore ship yet again, anybody that watched any of that Cleveland game with Baltimore, that was absolutely abysmal, okay? I it mean, took two huge plays to win it. But if you saw that four-minute span, oh. you guys, of turnover, turn, it looked like I was at a bake shop. That was it horrible. was one of the weirdest games I've ever watched. I it things kept happening, and I was like, oh, oh my god, oh, oh my god, this is so bad. It's funny. I mean, between him and Baker, oh, it was so ugly. At the end of the day, though, I come back to he's the first ever quarterback since they've been keeping track of it for I think I forget how many years now, ten plus years. First quarterback to throw four interceptions and win a game. The yeah. fact that he can throw four interceptions. And the Ravens still won the game to me is all you need to know. He's not going to do that every week. The play to Mark Andrews is a play that I am convinced he is the only quarterback on the planet that can make. No yeah. one else makes that play. And I I have no problem saying that. Nobody that else. Awesome. Not Russell Wilson. Not Kyler. Maybe Kyler Murray, but probably not. He extended the play, rolled out, his arm gets hit, and he still gets it to Andrew, who makes a great play to come back in on the ball. Yeah. Oh, that one too. There were two of them. Uh, the touchdown, though, unbelievable. So Baltimore is fine, but when you're talking about playing the teams you just said, the Packers, the Rams, the Bengals, there's a chance that they lose two of three. 
I think if they win two of three, then we we they're kind of who we thought they were. They're as good as we thought they were, but they could lose all three, to be honest with you. If they get the same Rams team that's played the last few weeks, they'll beat them. But I think, and the Bengals too, you never know who you're going to get with the Bengals. I think the Packers will beat them. The Packers defense has been really, really good. Um, but yeah, I think they lose. They could lose two of those three games, and then you're talking that division is totally up in the air. Maybe that Bengals-Ravens game decides that division. The anguish on, on the Browns fan base. This was their year. You know, they played so well in the playoffs last year in a game they lost, but they, they were right there. And now they've watched the Bengals go by them. And they Brutal. just, they just, I think, I think Baker's banged up. And, you know, I don't know. That's just a mess there. But what a, what another letdown for the Browns. At least the Brown fan base had some expectations this year. Yeah, tough. It's really tough. I know some Browns fans who are like beside themselves. <laughs> All right. We're going to do this. All right, let's do I've it. got I've got an NFL one, so you want me to go first? Go ahead. We just mentioned Mike Tomlin. So this is like a paraphrased quote. Chase Claypool wants music and more fun at practice. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, Mike Tomlin doesn't. I'll no. tell you that much. Mike Tomlin definitely doesn't because um, Mike, to quote Mike Tomlin after Chase Claypool says this, Claypool plays wide out. And I'll let him do that. I'll formulate the practice approach, and I think that division of labor labor is appropriate. I love Mike Tomlin, and I hope he, if he wants to leave Pittsburgh and coach a college team or get another, I hope he gets whatever job he wants on the planet because there has been not many more consistent coaches in the NFL than Mike Tomlin over the years, and he just seems like a good guy who says all the right things. And he just basically said shut up and play without saying shut up and play. He has a very eloquent way of saying everything. But Chase Claypool, shut up and play. Your team has been as bad as it gets the last couple weeks. They just got embarrassed by the Bengals, and you're going to come out and say you think you need more fun and music at practice. I think Mike Tomlin is going to be like, you need to shut up and start catching the ball, and we need to get better. Then I'll give you more fun and music at practice. That's not what any coach wants to hear. It's like, I want to have more fun at practice. Meh, meh, meh. What a joke. All people has to do is watch Juju Smith-Schuster's TikTok, and there's his music. Right, his exactly. Fun. Too busy doing all kinds of other BS. Ryan Clark went on a crazy rant about the Steelers on Get Up, I think it was, and he just absolutely crushed them, and I loved every second of it. <laughs> Here's all a right. song for you. How about this? Da, 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 da. That's what I'd play. Yeah, exactly. The Jaws music. <laughs> yeah, brutal. All right, we ready? Yep. How about them zebras? Ah, uh, the zebras. Listen, Jerry Jones, Jera, whining last week about the officiating on the Thanksgiving Day Classic won by <clears throat> the Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah, look, um, here's the thing. No sympathy. Okay, no sympathy. The last time the Raiders got more big calls in a game from the officiating, I was still in puberty. That's how long it's been. Oh, was okay. it Foxborough? No, it wasn't Foxborough. Okay, it was a long time. Mid to late 70s. The Raiders had 14 penalties. Dallas had 14 penalties. The biggest difference was... You don't want the flags thrown, Jura? Teach your defensive backs, Anthony Brown, to defend the play. Stop interfering with the with the with the receivers. You brought it on yourself. 
And 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 the other thing I heard from Cowboy people, and boy, I've I've enjoyed the last week hearing their reaction. Like, well, Amari Cooper had COVID and he was out when he should have been vaxxed. And CD Lamb had a concussion. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. From a Raider perspective, my best players looking at biggest offensive weapons looking at 46 years in jail. And our coach got forced out because he was an idiot and behind his keyboard 10 years ago and the NFL set him up. So that's a wash too. So Cowboys, don't whine about the refs. You're America's team. If anything, the NFL right. wants you to be good and they want mm-hmm. you in the playoffs and they want you relevant. I don't want to hear it. We beat your ass. Have a nice day. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy scratch. Oh, I love this. Try not to laugh. Healthy scratch is defined as a player who is not dressing that night for whatever reason. That player is not injured, is not in the lineup, so the player is probably traveling with the team in the travel party. I love that term. They don't party. Now, in hockey, you'll see that player in a suit in the stands, as you both know, or sometimes in a suite in the NHL, nibbling on caviar and sipping wine while the teammates are getting checked and slashed and bloodied. Now, in basketball, you see them in sweats on the bench as they rise to cheer and stand and pretend to listen on a timeout. And then in baseball, they may be in the cage under the stadium or chilling at the end of the dugout, chatting to the kid in row one. In football, they're somewhere deep in the mix on the sidelines, sitting hunched over on the heated benches, hiding under a hooded coat. Now, being a healthy scratch can be demeaning. Basically, you're not good enough to play that night. There's no way around it. Not only not good enough to play, but you can't even put on a uniform. You know, the coach will talk about matchups and whatnot, but you are a scratch. You're healthy. You have no chance of playing. Was it was it something I did? What did I do? WTF? Now, imagine in real life, you go to the office. Boss wants to see you. Boss calls you in. Ashley, have a seat. This is a tough decision, but today you are a healthy scratch. Right. Camera down. Go home, watch film about our company, about the channel, and we'll see you tomorrow. So here is hoping that tomorrow when I wake up, my wife, right after her birthday, doesn't say, sorry, Eric, today you are a healthy scratch. A healthy scratch? Go get your golf clubs. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Yeah, listen, I I don't like the healthy scratch either, but I think um, I've seen it, especially in the NBA. I think you see it a lot. Um, I think it can be used as a motivating tool by a coach Um, for a guy who's just not doing it. Who's just not feeling it. They're going to be like, yep, sit your butt down. We're not going to play with you tonight. And I think sometimes it works. So in that case, okay, if you want to, and you play enough games in the NBA that it's not a big deal in the NFL, that's I mean, that would be some real, you know what? Uh, But yeah, the NBA, when it's used as a motivating tool and it's something that a coach or an organization can do, I don't mind it. If it works, but no fan wants to see a healthy scratch. Oh, yeah, LeBron's a healthy scratch. Well, you demand a trade, right, Sean, like DeBrusque in Boston? Uh, That was going to be my whiteboard, to be honest with you. I, For the hockey people, I'm a big Bruins fan. Jake DeBrusque is a a grinding-type winger, capable to be a 25-goal store. But in the last year and a half, he's become a grinder that doesn't grind. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem when you don't go inside the dots and you don't don't go – get your hands dirty in front of the net and score a goal. So Bruce Cassidy would sit him down from time to time, trying to ignite the fire. It hasn't worked. He's I on Twitter. Somebody asked me what I would take for DeBrusque. I said a bag of pucks and I said it a lot in a lot of conversations. And I've drawn some tough responses from people, but 
if, if it's not there, it's not there. So in case like Jake DeBrusque, he, he's probably he's, he's a good hockey player. He probably needs to apply his craft in another town. He needs to change his yep. team. So because the Bruins just sat him down. And the only reason he played last night was Brad Marchand got a BS uh, suspension. And um, they they and uh, Anton Blight is hurt, and the entire Providence Bruin roster seems to have COVID, so they can't bring anybody up. So they had to put a guy that requested a trade over the weekend in the lineup last night. And the one thing I didn't like was I'm not a big fan of booing my team, my players. You got to support your, your guys. Jake DeBrus touched that puck last night, and everybody started booing him. A little tough, a little tough perception. Yeah, I know. I get it, but when you say you want out, what do you think you're going to get? Exactly. You got to toughen up. If you're a yep. pro hockey player, you got to toughen up. I don't know how it would affect him. I don't know if he said anything yeah, about it. but My guess is he would have expected it. Hey, that's that's part of the territory. That's part yep. of the job, right? And you tell him you want out on a player yep. anymore. It's too tough here. Yeah, they're going to get on you a little bit. So, yeah, it's a tough thing. He's been a healthy scratch, but the light bulb hasn't gone on. So yep. now you got to move him. Yep. And now you got to get something for him. Yeah, I was going to say, but if you're the Bruins, you can't take a bag of pucks because if you really think <laughs> that what he needs is a change of scenery and that's going to ignite him – you don't want him to go somewhere else and be the player he once was for you without getting something in return, whether it's picks, whether it's whatever, you got to get something. Yeah. He's, but he's not going to justify his contract. Anymore. Oh, yeah. They overpaid him yeah. and that's the yeah. problem. They have, they need some flexibility on that salary cap mm-hmm. and moving him is the best way to do it. Uh, yeah. And now maybe it's going to happen. At some part point. of it. Yeah. All yeah. the ADs, the big time football ADs left me money for you and I, and the three of us to get lunch. And there's still money before the owners of baseball take it away. We're going to eat somewhere really nice there. for the Godzilla holiday party on uh, next Friday. Yeah, yeah, bring that. At Hooters. Fine establishment there. Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Good food. All righty. All right. Well, thanks for watching. Eminem and M across the board. Ashley Miller, Sean Martin, Eric McDowell here with you every week. Eric's got money for everybody. We're just throwing it around. And hopefully we'll have more, you know, throwing of money around Maybe the rest of the day today, we'll see see what happens with the lockout. I'm sure that'll be a big topic of conversation for us next week. You're watching Eminem and M across the board. We hope you join us next week. Until then, see you later, guys. Take care. Have a great week.